Welcome, cadets and captains, to another amazing, beautiful episode of M-Class Podcast. Oh, it just came. <laughs> A little less beautiful now, maybe? Question mark? It's the beauty of nature, Jeff. Oh, natural in this podcast, every episode, you just can't see us. You can't see us, and thank God, because I look like a fucking bum today. I'm not, I'm wearing like a tank top. I'm ready to fucking be a like a loser. I don't think I've ever recorded an episode of this show not wearing sweatpants. So, really? <laughs> I used to dress up in like a suit and tie in the beginning. Wow. You don't care anymore, though. It's falling I'm, off. I like, don't give a like, shit. Who gives a fuck about this show anymore, right? <laughs> I'm Jeff. I'm Josh. And if you've never listened to M-Class Podcast before, uh, we're like 130 episodes into this bitch, so where you been? Yeah, wh- where you where you been? We're going to start doing Eureka soon. <laughs> <laughs> if I ever did Eureka as a podcast, I would probably just do that with Crystal, actually, since we've watched it three times. To- oh, you would do something with your wife and not oh, no. me? Great. Oh, no. Great, that makes me feel what, really what a foolish great. decision, right? What, what, what? How am I supposed to feel for the rest of this episode now? Uh, betrayed. I do. <laughs> M Class Podcast is a show where we sit down with a piece of Star Trek media, we pick it apart, we tell you uh, whether it's good or bad with our patented warp scale of quality, the Cochrane to Catfish scale of quality. Patented. Don't even try to steal it. If you steal it, uh, we uh, can't do anything about it. But don't say that out loud, Jeff. We'll send our lawyers after you. And by lawyers, I mean dogs. And by dogs, I mean cats. I, I don't know. Cats. Because neither of us have dogs. Spot's like the size of a dog. Jeez. Jeez. A small dog. Crazy. <laughs> like a chihuahua? No, like bigger than that. Um... So this is a brand new collection of episodes. Believe like it or doc, not, we're on, a new, we're on a new <laughs> we're on a new set of episodes. We did it. We remembered. This is uh, Daruma's new uh, set of episodes, as uh, suggested by Daruma. Thank you very much. I think this is his like fifth or sixth collection. That's one. Damn. This dude is like the best at making he, collections. He's like the Tom Brady of collections. He's got a J.O. crystal that gives him the power that he can <laughs> pick collections. <laughs> is that Tom Brady? <laughs> this is uh, Daruma's Renaissance Fair collection. Five episodes of courtly costumes and cardboard castles. I will try not to spoil any of the episodes by saying how many swords people use. Oh, God. We can't lose the star ratings. <laughs> we can't afford it. No. Uh, this time around, we're starting with TOS Season 1, Episode 27, Errand of Mercy. Oh, boy. I almost watched the wrong episode. <laughs> Again. Uh, this is famously the episode with Kor, who uh, will return later as a Dahar Master in Deep Space Nine. Kor will return in Deep Space Nine, Guardians of the Galaxy. Oh, no. That would be a much better movie if you just you took Chris Pratt out and you put Core in. I mean, has there been a more like backslide to a an actor in history than Chris Pratt? Like, like public perception of this guy is in the toilet. 
like he had so much goodwill coming out yeah. of uh, Parks and Rec, and now people everybody were, hates the guy. People were so happy for him, and they were like, "Oh man, finally this dude like is getting like his 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 chance, right?" And then yeah. then all of a sudden, I was just like, "Okay, I'm like tired of him." <laughs> He's like the anti Kumail Nanjiani, right? Yeah. Where like everybody was psyched for Kumail to become like a ripped guy and be in Marvel, and he's just been super down to earth and fun and funny ever since. Yeah. Still. Well, and Kumail Chris didn't Pratt like went straight up his own ass. Yeah, Kumail didn't like divorce his wife and like marry a Schwarzenegger daughter and, and uh, go to an uh, anti. Uh, LGBTQ church that yeah. funds uh, conversion therapy. Also, I don't think Kumail's a Seahawks fan, so fuck well, those guys. It's true. If you're a Seahawks fan, get out! I don't care. You know, I don't give 12th, a fuck about football. Twelfth man. <laughs> uh, this episode was written by Gene L. Uh, last name. I'll say his last name. You said it! That's his last name! Hopefully nobody that. who writes for this show's last name is the N-word. Um, <laughs> like Nugent? Ted Nugent? <laughs> well, fuck him, for sure. So. I would beep that one, too. Um, he's, I mean, he's like an extremely famous writer on this show. Like, he wrote, like, a lot of this show. Yeah. Um, his career outside of um, Star Trek, unnecessary to go over. <laughs> T.J. Hooker. The Mod Squad. You know, who everybody back then wrote every show. But I the mean, he, Did you ever watch The Mod Squad? Uh, no, actually. What about the movie with uh, Claire Danes? Was it that The Avengers? No, The Avengers had uh, Sean Connery. N- no. <laughs> yes? No, yeah. The Avengers had The King's Speech in it. No, you're... Th- what, what is that guy's name? <laughs> you're Colin Firth. Yeah, Colin Firth is in the Avengers. No, you're thinking of uh, the movie with the spies and the... Yeah, I'm not God. talking about Marvel's The Avengers. I'm talking... Yeah, I'm not either. The Avengers spy movie. Colin Firth was may have been in it, but Sean Connery Ralph was definitely... Ralph Fiennes. Ralph Fiennes, yeah, yeah, And yeah. Uma Thurman. Okay, Sean there it was is. In it. Okay, he plays like the guy who tells him what to do. Yeah, this is all necessary guy. for you to understand Aaron of Mercy, by the way. <laughs> Core. Um, Gene L. Last name wrote uh, eight episodes of TOS under his real offensive name, and four episodes he changed the name to Lee Cronin because it was so uh, changed from his original teleplays that he didn't want his name attached to it. Lee Cronin's a pretty cool Klingon name. Uh, one of those, of course, being Spock's brain. Why is he ashamed of that masterpiece? <laughs> Master's piece. Why, why would he be ashamed of Spock's brain? Um, this episode was directed by John Newland, who directed this episode. Um, I saw his name and I was like, who? He's. I love the memory alpha because like, it takes a lot of like leaps in logic and like just sort of take some things from granted from its audience mm-hmm. where it's like he is best known to audiences as the host of the late 1950s supernatural anthology television series Alcoa presents one step beyond 
First of all, I have never heard of that in my entire life. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's where I know him from, huh? All right. That's, I was thinking he was in the Avengers, but it was Alcoa Presents, yeah. the words you just said. I'm, I'm going to guess Alcoa is some sort of oil company, because that's who yeah. uh, sponsored comedy shows and st- shit back in the day. Make sure you buy oil and smoke cigarettes and then get cancer in the 2020s. It's it's always my favorite when I go back to watch, like, Groucho Marx stuff from after the Marx Brothers movies, like when he was on TV, and it's always <laughs> like, BP Oil presents. Dude, it's so fucking weird, right? Uh, I don't... There's literally nothing else on here that he did, so, um... That's, well, he's that's him. Got that, he's got that Alcoa fuck you money, that's so... True. He doesn't need to do much. <laughs> Alcoa doesn't even exist anymore. Yeah, I don't even know. That could be a, some sort of a beef or ham. Alcoa ham. Um, so, uh, before we get into the episode, uh, I think it's important to point out that um, the, the, the Klingons are a little suspect. In this day and uh, age, what what are you referring to, Jeff? Uh, I read an interview of somebody t- like I read this um, memory alpha page that's just like the history of the depiction of Klingons. Yeah, and it has all of this endless behind the scenes information about the depiction of Klingons. And I learned that the face paint that they use was called Negro Number Nine. <laughs> That's my favorite Lou Vegas song. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. That was a terrible joke. Was, I want everyone... I want to go on record with the fact that I was laughing at how bad that was. And <laughs> I wasn't getting enjoyment out of it. Um... <laughs> Well, I mean, it's good that they had just, like, the racist paint to be the racist blackface, yeah. right? Like, And, like, I, I used to be the type of person when people were like, oh, the old Klingons were super racist. And I'd be like, oh, well, they didn't mean it that way, but they did. Like- yeah, I mean, it, it's different, like... It's it's totally different now to have like uh you know like a black actor play a Klingon and, and well they they do this thing and they've done it ever since like partway through TNG that I really appreciate mm-hmm. where if a white actor plays a Klingon they have a much uh brighter whiter skin tone yeah than yeah. if a black person plays a Klingon and I appreciate yeah. that. And I'm sure they're not using Negro Number Nine. No, anymore. they're not. I don't think they. Or I don't think Alcoa makes. I don't think Alcoa makes that product anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ. Um, so we'll get that out of the way. The, also, Core is like obviously supposed to have some like racist ass Asiatic. You can see how they glued his, like, Fu Manchu onto his face. He's got, like, the Fu Manchu and, like, the shaped evil eyebrows of, like, the yellow panic of the time. Yeah, yeah, it's like Vietnam era, right? Like, it's the same with Iron Man, right? Like, uh, Mandarin was, like... Oh, yeah. Vietnamese or whatever. Well, the Mandarin was Chinese, but, like... uh, Yeah. the, The idea of, like the Asian villain yeah, wasn't yep. they didn't discriminate based on country. It was all Yeah, it was all color. the same. Yeah. Yep. Um, <laughs> anyway, 
Um, the Enterprise is headed towards the planet Organia, a Class M planet in a disputed area that the Klingons want to turn into a base, and the Federation also want to turn into a base. Um, Way to go, Federation. The Federation does not come out smelling like roses in this episode. Let's put it that way. Well, Kirk really doesn't do any favors no. for anybody. <laughs> Kirk but it's gets so cool. mad in this episode, and it's great. He's irate about shit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> also, negotiations with the Klingon Empire to keep us out of an, like, an actual war with them are sort of collapsing at this point. And uh, on their way to Organia, a Klingon vessel attacks. And yeah, um, a D a D seven class D nine. I can only imagine that in the original version of this, without the CG, you never see the vessel, and they just tell you because they only show love, it for like point one second, even in this I would, version. <laughs> I would love to see that. I, that's kind of like I wish you could pick like which version yeah, you wanted to watch. You I know? do too. I mean, like. There's there's sort of a weird gap in our coverage of this show that yeah. doesn't exist anywhere else where we're not actually watching the original shows as it yeah. as they were presented. That's that's not true of any other Star Trek show we watch. Generally I find it I like it cuz like it does look I used better. to I used to hate it. Um I'm fine with it now. Um I I do think you should have a choice. Yeah, I would just like to know like what I'm, I don't know. I don't. I guess they were using those ships back then because they—that's where they got them from. Was this? So yeah, and they were definitely using them in other episodes. I've seen the model of yeah. the D seven, but like I have to think it isn't in this episode in the original version because we only even see the CG model of the D seven for like a split second. Yeah. Maybe they just would show the lasers, because there's that part where they just show, like, lasers happening, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, what? And they're not even being shot with lasers. It's magnetic pulses, they say. But it's oh, just, like, real-ass lasers. What the fuck does that mean? Um, <laughs> this was before they had settled on the fact that everyone in the universe uses phasers. And they call them screens, and it's like, can you please yeah. call them shields? Not yet, not yet. Deflector screens. Screen? What's a screen keep? Screens don't even keep bugs out of your house. <laughs> That's gonna keep a fucking magnetic pulse out of your house. I think the idea is that they had, like, television screens, right? And mm. it's the same thickness, the energy screen. Wow. <laughs> Look, I'm... <laughs> I'm I'm no Alcoa employee. I don't have the hookup on this information. I'm no Alcoa screen scientist. <laughs> um, the the Enterprise destroys the Klingon ships. Uh, this was such a weird part because like in in any other Star Trek like you'd see the debris and then somebody would be like, well, like how did we blow them up? Right? Like, yeah, no, they're just like got them. All right, let's got leave. <laughs> yep, that ends that. Yep. But Lieutenant Uhura is like, oh, I'm receiving a, a coded message from Starfleet. And then pause. It's a code one. Dun, dun, dun. And the, the audience fuck? is like, okay. <laughs> but then uh, Kirk takes a really long break from talking and then goes, war. <laughs> we're, we're officially at war with the Klingons. Damn it. 
Didn't we just finish one with them or whatever the fuck in guess, Discovery? We yeah, that's canon. Um, <laughs> but they have to get to the planet Organia before the Klingons do because the Klingons are going to enslave everyone on the planet and make a base there, and we want to make a base there. Yeah, we're just going to enslave them with replicators. So the, uh, there's like missing information in this episode, right? Because it's the 27th episode of the show. Yeah. And I feel like General Order 1 has been talked about already by this point. It must have been. It, I mean, it must have been, right? I mean, there's still two seasons left, so who knows. But uh, they don't give a fuck about that in this episode. They're like they're like an agrarian society. Let's go down, see what's up. Yeah, I mean, I guess if like you know the Klingons are going to do it anyway, you might as well. True. I, I don't know. Well, fuck it, right? Who cares? Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. But uh, Kirk leaves Sulu in charge, and Sulu's like, don't worry, we'll kill him. Kirk's like, wait, there's, like, a fleet showing up. You can't fight him. And Sulu's like, nah, I'll fucking kill him. It's cool. <laughs> I love how he's like, okay, Sulu, the phone number is on the fridge. There's $100 for pizza. Do not fight the Klingons. $100 for pizza? Do not, listen, do not fight the Klingons. Look. Call the neighbors, and they will come help you. <laughs> I, uh, I left $50 on the fridge for pizzas. No breadsticks. <laughs> it's all breadsticks. Uh, they beam down to the planet, and uh, there are people dressed up like the Ren Fair. Thanks, oh, thanks to Ruma for the collection. That's a good episode. The... <laughs> My favorite part is the blue and green goats that they have. <laughs> it's a different planet, dude. Also, like, they have dogs. I was like, those are space goats. There's just a dog <laughs> in the distance barking, and I'm like, that wasn't supposed to be in the episode. Did they put the... It probably is like somebody's house like down the street. Oh, man. Um, but like the, the people on the planet don't seem to give a fuck. That they've beamed into the middle of their town square. They just keep going about their business. This episode does the classic TOS thing where they keep hitting the clues home and nobody ever is like, what the hell is going on here? I, I will straight up say that this is one of those episodes that um, is frustrating to watch. Yes. yes. Because... Uh, <laughs> It could be all of the problems in this episode could be resolved if the Organians just fucking said a sentence. <laughs> One sentence. Oh, actually, we're really super powerful, like energy beings, so we don't really need your help. Thanks. I, I feel like if this was, and I don't mean to start a hot take debate oh, here. Man. Hashtag but hot I, takes. Hashtag uh, ready for daddy. Uh, <laughs> I hope I I if this was We're like gonna circle Picard, back to that. Yeah. If this was Picard, right? I feel like he would be like, "All right, like we're just going to do what they what they say." And then he would like deduce or figure out like what the fuck is going on. But instead, like the Organians don't tell Kirk and then Kirk isn't like, "I'm not leaving this room until you fucking tell me what's happening." Right? Yeah. 
Kirk instead Kirk he's like, like look you guys don't understand they're like gonna come yeah. and kill you and they're like nah we're not in any danger and he's like well no but you are and they're like nah we're not and then that goes on for 40 minutes and then he starts <laughs> insulting them by being like I don't want to die for your shit ass blue and green goat fuckery your goat fucker planet <laughs> is useless to me yeah it's useless to me it's like wow buddy he gets so mad and it's like there's there's a line that Kor says later that like all oh, our peoples are so similar and it's like yeah. that's what this whole episode is about that there's still yeah. a little bit of a warmonger in humanity. Yeah, this is an episode where the Federation kind of gets a bit of a black eye, and sometimes that's necessary, right, to check you to put you back on the right path. Yeah, you're getting a little off the pathway here. Yep, uh, Aleborn is uh, the leader, born of ale. And he's like, oh, we don't have anyone in authority, but I'm the chairman of the Council of Elders. And I'm like, okay, you're fucking splitting hairs now. Yeah, All that's, right. a, that's a really like specific title for not being in charge of anything. They go to the counselor's chambers, and they have this argument that goes on for the rest of the episode. <laughs> uh, can we talk about the counselor's chambers being like just like a building that's just around... <laughs> It's like they rented out some building and they were like, should we make the walls look like a castle? Nah, fuck that. Nah, it's like a rec room in a 1960s, like, uh, YMCA. It's it's painted, like, peach orange or something. And they're just, and you're like, they have a okay. wooden table they're sitting at, at least. They tried that much. <laughs> they did find a wood table. That's good. Um, Spock comes in after Kirk is, like, starting to get a little frustrated. <laughs> and he's like, uh, this is one of the strangest things I've ever seen. Organia is an arrested culture. For the last 10,000 years, they haven't developed at all. How does he know this? Uh, he used his uh, his commander Spock powers. Does he just go and ask people, like, how long have you been a planet? Uh, I don't know, 10,000 years? <laughs> you guys uh, you guys been using this plow for 10,000 years? Yeah. 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 Same plow, huh? No. Wow. Yeah, uh, why are you guys plowing fields and shit if it turns out later that you're energy beings? I want uh, uh, to make Renaissance Fair more believable. <laughs> <laughs> and over here is the petting zoo where you can pet a blue and green goat. You're real hung up on these goats, huh? Do you want to throw knives? You can't. These people don't have any. We don't have any weapons. <laughs> Even though most weapons throughout history were just farming implements, but whatever. Yeah, what about a pitchfork, right? They don't have that. They got a pitch spoon. (laughs) Fuck, that's a really inefficient. (laughs) They have to scoop up the hay. Well, they've defeated the giant cereal monsters, so... Well, they would never (laughs) defeat them. (laughs) Let them get soggy! The council's like, look, we don't want to affiliate with the Federation. Like, you guys want to build a base here, and we don't really want it. Like, we don't need your help. We're like, we're fine. Yeah. And one of the counselors turns to the, like, the little bald counselor. Or no, the one with the raspy voice and the white hair turns to um, Ale Man. And he says, the Klingons have appeared above our planet. And Kirk yeah. is like, well, how do you know that? And Alman is like, oh, Nostradamus over here? He can fucking see shit. He's got great talents, he says. And then Spock is like, yeah, the tricorder says that they're here. 
And then nobody questions that uh, no. forever. Nobody, like, why wouldn't Kirk be like, okay, well, you seem to have some sort of a power. Like, what's yeah. up with that? Instead, he's like, fuck you and your whole goddamn planet. <laughs> he's like, you fucking morons are going to be slaves. You want to eat dirt in the slave mines, you fuck? This planet fucking sucks. I'll t- I wouldn't take a fucking hot shit on this planet. And fucking double birds as he goes out the door. <laughs> Fuck you! I'm out! Fuck you, fuck you, points at Spock. You're cool! You're cool! Fuck you, <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> but uh, oh, they send the Enterprise away, and Sulu's like, but wait, I can fucking kill him! He's like, nah, yeah. go. There's like ten fucking ships surrounding him. Sulu's like, I'll sword fight him. I swear to God, I'm gonna be a captain one day, and I'm gonna... Do what I want on the Excelsior. I'm going to attack the whole fucking fleet. I don't care. <laughs> I'm going to fly right over Kirk's house, fucker. I'm going to buy so many breadsticks. But he does leave. <laughs> and uh, we learn the name of the leader of the Klingon force at this point. It's Kor. It's fucking sick name, dude. And in order to learn more about Kor... We'll be right back after these messages. From Alcoa Products. Alcoa presents M-Class Podcast Ham Products. After these messages. After these messages. We'll be right back. Alcoa can't wait. We're gonna keep moving. Moving on today. There are so many things that we can do. With aluminum showing the way We're gonna recycle We're gonna innovate We're moving on Alcoa can't wait We can't wait We're doing it now We can't wait We'll show you how Alcoa can't wait We can't afford to hesitate Come on along, participate Conserve energy every day got to conserve energy and natural resources today. We can't wait for tomorrow. Welcome back from those messages. Hopefully you'll buy that great Alcoa product. Oh man, I'm so ready to sell out to Alcoa. (laughs) BP Oil presents M-Class Podcast. Lucky Strike presents the Tide Funny Hour with Jeff. <laughs> um, so the Organians give Kirk and Spock "quote unquote" native clothing, which is literally just Shakespeare play clothing from the next set over, and fucking tights and shit. There's a part where he like there were uh, Uggs too. <laughs> <laughs> so forward, fashion, fashion forward. There's a part when uh, Shatner like blocks his dick from being seen. Like he totally does it on purpose. Well, they'd have to change the rating of the show. That's true. They'd probably get arrested back then. My favorite part of TOS is the fact that um, none of the actors have agreed on how to say words. <laughs> so Kirk is like, uh, "My name is Baroner," and Spock yeah. is like, "Baroner." And Kor is like Berner. 
He like trails off when he says it. Berna. It's like, oh, you really laid into that one there, Korg. <laughs> and one of them calls him Broner. Yeah, I would call, I'd have called him Boner. And I'd be like, okay, Boner, let's go. My name's Baron or whatever, Boner. Let's sure, go. Boner. Come to my office. It's just a regular room. Meanwhile, Spock, the most famous Vulcan, arguably, in history, mm-hmm. is like, my name is Spock. I'm a Vulcan yeah. merchant, and I deal in Kevis and Trillium. Man, how that Kevis sales go? <laughs> and if I if I was Core, I would have been like, all right, I'd like to buy some Kevis. Yeah. And he'd be like, uh... <laughs> Well, you see... It's on my ship. Oh, where's your ship at? Uh, another planet. About that. <laughs> Let my cousin borrow it. Yeah, my His cousin name, Gala, who owns a moon, borrowed it. His name is not Spock? <laughs> His name is also Spock. We're all named Spock. And they'd be like, classic Vulcans, ha 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 ha. I do love the... They're like, oh, Vulcan merchants are quite common, Captain. It's a logical path to... Why wouldn't he know that? And I'm I'm wondering, like, why? Because Vulcans don't have money either. Yeah, why would they sell stuff? They don't need to. I'm also a big fan of Spock passing the buck early on in this episode, where he's like, oh, you humans and your war. But then he also warmongers for the rest oh, of the Oh, he's, he's, dude, he's full-blown, like, yes manning, right? Oh, like, yeah. Kirk is like, don't you think these guys are idiots, Spock? And he's like, oh, yeah, no, for sure. These guys are morons. He's like, all right, Spock, we're going to blow up the arms depot to cause a war. And Spock's like, fuck yeah, let's go. Fuck yeah, that's a great idea. That's a great idea, Captain. Let's fuck them up. But when we do it, let's make sure we don't run away or no. anything. Let's and just stand, stand there and there. watch it. Yeah. <laughs> but Kor is like, look, Vulcans are a member of the Federation, so we're going to take this Spock guy. I've never heard of this Spock guy, but I'm going to take him in for questioning. Yeah, we have a mind probe or some shit that we never see, because somebody would have had to make it. <laughs> Kor has a crush on Kirk. Oh, for sure. Straight up to the point where he's like, oh, do you have a tongue? And Kirk's like, yeah, I have a tongue. And he's like, well, you'll be taught how to use it. Yeah, it was real fucking horny. I was like, what else could that possibly mean? (laughs) (laughs) I can't, no matter how hard I try, I cannot think of anything else that could possibly mean. You know, Klingons have two buttholes. I love, what you're going to do is suck my two dicks. Barona. Barona, do you have two tongues by chance? But uh, he's like, uh, a wolf hides among the sheep. A lot yeah, of sheep c- talk. Yeah, it's getting a little, it's getting a little fucking January 6th in here for me, man. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, like calling people sheep and stuff. Like, yeah. yeah, yeah. A wolf hides among the sheep, and this is a man I can deal with. And yeah. Kirk, or Baroner, anyway, is uh, like... Please pronounce it correctly. Baroner. Baroner is like... <laughs> just He's standing there, like, glaring at him, and he gets a job because of... <laughs> yeah, he's like, you're with me, Baba Pooey. <laughs> and he's like, nobody wants to work these days. <laughs> All these sheep want their shit for free. 
but he's he like gets the job of civilian liaison to the population and he just stands there he's like i don't want it and he's like well fuck you you're taking it yeah and then he takes him to his office and he just reads him a bunch of shit and it's like he gives him the right the klingon constitution to read And uh, they take Spock to the mind scanner, which is supposed to turn you into, as they continually say offensively in this episode, a vegetable. Yeah, well, they're Klingons, and everything about them is offensive. Like, this is quite true. literally. <laughs> uh, but, like, Spock is just standing there, like, he looks woozy. He looks like uh, Lil Mac just gave him the fucking star uppercut. And <laughs> he looks like he just hit like a fucking space bud, dude. He's he like, does. Oh, He's what? like what's going on in here? Cool. Kirk gets some instructions on his. Well, uh, Balonier gets some instructions on his <laughs> duties, his liaison. And they're like, all right, Spock, don't go doing any Vulcan funny business, but you're released. We'll what? keep an eye on you. Yeah. Why not just put him in a jail cell? Well, I just kill him, right? Yeah, you're Klingons. Like, just kill him. Yeah. Who cares? <laughs> this is when Kirk is like, "I got a great idea. Let's blow up the ammo dump. They're keeping all their yeah." Because he, he's he's like the Oregonians, the Organosolos. They're not listening to us. <laughs> so we gotta fucking blow up shit. Violence will talk. And, yeah. and Spock's like, "Fuck yeah, I'm I'm all in." Spock is like. You know what I love, Captain? Violence. <laughs> I love blowing stuff up with a comically large silver grenade. He's like, Spock is, you're right, man. He's fully yes-manning this whole yeah. episode. Like, yeah, let's fucking blow this shit up, dog. Maybe because he's high and he's just like, whatever, Maybe. I don't got shit to do today. I love this plan, though. The Organians won't listen to us, so let's force them into a violent conflict with the Klingons. This is a terrible idea, because, like, if they weren't who they end up being, like, he just killed, like, 200 people. Yeah, he's directly responsible for the Klingons deciding to kill those 200 people. And yeah, I mean, that's You that's have to terrible. fight back against your oppressors, regardless, yeah, right? Yes, yes. But this is not helpful to the Organians in any way, shape, or form. And yeah, Kirk we are is doing yeah. it in spite of them. Yeah. Not because he wants to help them, but because he feels like he has to stop the Klingons. Yeah, he doesn't he has he has said does not care about the Organosolos. No. The Organosolos are fucking lame and he hates them and he hopes they all die, but he's going to stop them from dying right now. He doesn't care about the origami semen. <laughs> wow. That's a whole new level. <laughs> Kirk tells Aelborn, which really sounds like a Viking name. Yeah, it Aelborn. does. Aelborn. Aelborn of Norway, yeah. Uh, he's like, look, this is a military dictatorship. They're going to make you into slaves. They're going to kill you. They're going to take away all your rights. Don't you give a fuck about any of that? And Aelborn's like, uh, I'm sorry, Captain. You don't seem to understand us. And again, yeah, one sentence would clear this up. All he has to say is, I can turn into a purple high beam. <laughs> we we aren't actually physical beings. We're energy beings. Yeah. So it doesn't matter. No it one can actually hurt us. It doesn't matter. Like, not only that, but it's like, why are why are we here still? Right? Like, yeah. Like, why are we even pretending at this point that we're solid? And she, like, I don't get the. I don't. They, they is this say a it's test? For, they say it's 
for the reg like Kirk and Spock and Core and his men's benefit, like visually, so that they can understand what that they exist in their beings. But like, why? Bitch, I fought a fucking green hand. I can understand <laughs> shit. Uh, one sentence. That's bad writing. If one sentence could clear yeah. up your conflict, that's bad writing. Yeah, there's no good reason for them not to. They, they don't have any motive to not do that. Unless no. their whole plan was to, like, push them to the point where they were going to go to war and then show your right. hand as... They being, act like that's the most repugnant thing. The most repugnant outcome yeah. that could have happened is that they have to interfere. Yeah, why not just pull the old, like, we knew this was going to happen and we wanted to teach you children a lesson bit. That's even, that's better. That's fine. I, I'm yeah, I mean, fine with that's that. That's like a, a million other episodes. Yeah. Less, but I mean, it's it's far less stupid. Yeah, it's, it makes more sense than just being like, we did all this for no reason, but actually we hate you and bye. Pretty much. We did all of this for no reason. Goodbye. <laughs> and now I'm leaving for no reason. Pretty much. Uh, <laughs> Kor has one of those lights that turn on when you walk past them that people have outside in their backyards. Yeah, it's high tech in 1967. And it's also some type of surveillance device. So he heard everything that Kirk says. I like how Kirk or Spock doesn't think that this is a thing. A highly no. paranoid culture of d dictators and, uh, oh no, they couldn't possibly be listening to us. No, not at all. Yeah. The most awkward cut in history happens. <laughs> and Kor comes into the chamber with his men and arrests Kirk and Spock. Yeah. Or, and uh, Eelborn is like, you don't have to interrogate the captain. His real name is Captain James T. Kirk. And for yeah. some reason, even though none of the Klingons knew who Spock was, they <laughs> instantly know who Kirk is and everything about him. That's gotta hit. If Spock cared, it would hit his ego. Absolutely. You know? <laughs> I'd be like crying green tears. Uh, that's spacist. <laughs> I mean, Vulcans, am I right? They're just merchants selling Kivases everywhere. <laughs> They're just selling Kivas and Trillium. I don't even fucking know what Kivas is, but fuck it. Uh, <laughs> I looked up what Kivas and Trillium are. Trillium's metal, right? Uh, neither of them have any actual definition. In the I history of Star Trek. Well, Trillium D, I think that comes from well, that. Well, Trillium and Trillium are two different things. Maybe Trillium is poop from Trills. C gross. It's like, uh, what do they call bat shit? Guano. Guano. Kivas is commonly traded goods amongst merchants. Hmm. How in, in Kivas venient. In the first draft of the script, The City on the Edge of Forever, Kivas was established as a kind of Vulcan food which contained purple juice. First of all, Vulcans would never eat such a highly offensive colored purple? food. Purple? That's way too bright of a color. Too much for Vulcans. Give me my gray-ass soup. I want my gruel, you fucking purple soup-making heathen. I think Plomeek is purple, isn't it? Uh, I don't. I don't know. I actually don't know. And uh, the Star Trek Encyclopedia, which made shit up, uh, yeah. described Kevas as gemstones. Yeah, I think Kevas is in DS Nine. I believe. Uh, uh, no, sorry, Voyager. When when they are on DS Nine, I think uh, Quark is selling them Kevases. 
Um, is that did I make not, that it's up? It's not in the memory alpha, but that doesn't mean it didn't happen. I feel like that they use that word. I, somebody look it up. If I'm wrong, uh, you'll uh, tell Arn me about Darvin. It. You remember him from yeah. Trials and Tribulations? He also yeah. claimed that he's a Trillium salesman. Man, this Trillium shit is hot, man. In the novelization of Errand of Mercy, Spock described Trillium as a medicinal plant of the lily family. As in the real world Trillium. Oh, okay. So it gets you, like, real, like, high. It's just weed. But in uh, Arn Darvin's quote, it seems to suggest that it was a mineral of some kind. I always thought it was a mineral. I did, too. Trillium sounds like a mineral. That's a mineral, yeah. Uh, Now that we've gotten all that incredibly important information out of the way... Well, we're doing more work than many Star Trek people have done, so... This is true. We care about the shit that no writer at yeah. the time ever gave a fuck about. I always found it, like, wild when, like... Like, you'd watch, like, like interviews or not... Like, you'd see some, like, writer f- from something beyond, like, a, a panel or something, and they don't give a fuck about the thing. And it's mm-hmm. like, how do you not care about this? Like, this is the best part of the whole thing, yeah. is making this shit up. Like... That's uh, that's the part of writing that's like most fun is fleshing shit out that doesn't yeah. really matter that much. There's which no is, pressure on it whatsoever. It's just fun. Which is why we have our own show now. I'm going to shamelessly plug. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> you should go watch Bros Before Pros. It stars me and Jeff and Rich. Yeah, Rich Masters in the house, and it's uh, B R O S. The letter B, the number four, P-R-O-S-E. And you can find that on any podcatcher of your choice, iTunes, Spotify, and SoundCloud. Find it on your podcatchers, Matt. Uh, we don't have any reviews yet. So it'd be oh, really we need cool reviews. if we can get some reviews on Bros Before Pros. Uh, we just dropped our second episode the day before we're recording, so it'll be a week ago by the time you listen to this. Yep. We'll be recording. We'll have already recorded the next episode. Yeah, it'll be done already. Wild. It's crazy. We're we're cranking out fucking shit, man. We're time travelers, really, when you think about <laughs> if it. If you think about it. But uh, Aelborn straight up betrays Kirk and Spock to Core, and they're like, Kirk is enraged about this. He's like, you fucking little pussy-ass bitch! Yeah, basically this is when he starts being like, I'm not gonna die for you, you fucks. I have no love for your (laughs) shitty-ass planet or any of the people on it. It's like, damn, dude. But Aelborn's like, look, no harm will come of it. Don't worry. And Kirk's like, he's gonna kill me. And he's like, no, 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 it's fine. Nah, dog, just chill out. Have some Trillium. Chill out. It's fine. Get some Kevis in you. It's fine. Have you tried the purple plumeek? <laughs> Kirk and Kor have a little conversation. Oh, yeah. And Kor's like, we are not so different, you and I. That's like the famous line. And Kirk's like, we're not going to like... <laughs> we're not going to like Kor. And he's, he's like, uh, and the universe is full of people who don't like the Klingons. Yeah. And Kor's like, good, then I can fucking fight them. Yeah, he's like... Survival of the fittest and fascism and shit. And Here's war, all my fascist. Yeah. Here's all my talking points. I'm a fascist, in case you didn't know. <laughs> he, he pulls out the little pointer stick and begins his presentation. Number one, I'm a fascist. Number two, survival of the fittest. Number three, we're not so different, you and I. 
<laughs> to recap, you, therefore, by transitive property, are also a fascist. Think about it. <laughs> Thank you for coming to my presentation. <laughs> there will be snacks outside. But, but no purple plumage. No. Fuck you. Kirk is, uh, in very Star Trek fashion, very TNG fashion, is given 12 hours. Yeah, to, that's a long time. To decide whether or not he's going to answer questions about Star uh, Starfleet's ship deployments. Yeah, and, he does, yeah, Kor doesn't want to use the fucking vegetable machine on him. Because he loves him. Because he wants to smooch his hot, alive body. He wants to tongue him. Yeah, if you can't use your tongue, you can't get tongued. The tongue is bung. <laughs> oh my uh, god, that's a blast from the past, isn't it? Yeah. But, um, he's he's like like we're gonna use the mind sifter on you, and if we use that, then you'll uh, again become a vegetable. He loves saying that. Yeah, I didn't know and, that they knew what vegetables were. And we're gonna dissect Spock to figure out why he can't. We, he can resist the use of the mind sifter. Why would you need to dissect him? Kirk, He's Vulcan. Yeah, I mean, you don't have any records of Vulcan anatomy yeah, or abilities or anything? You've probably seen him before, you know? And <laughs> Kirk tells him to go climb a tree. Yeah, what a fucking sick 23rd century burn, dude. He gets the smarmiest fucking look on his face. Is, go climb a tree. I'm doing it right now. Can you hear how smarmy I am? Mm. And Core, uh, if I like, shouldn't Core be like, "What the fuck does that mean? What are you talking about?" Yeah, Core should be like, "What the fuck is a tree?" We don't have those on our planet. We don't have vegetables or trees or anything. We just have meat and blood. That's all yeah. we eat. And worms. it's all about targs, tits, and to fighting. To fighting is my favorite. <laughs> But Kirk is like, look, you're going to need more than 12 hours to get to me, baby. Yeah, you'll never catch me. And Kor's uh, like, look, we're going to get that information out of you one way or another. Because war is a game that the Klingons intend to win. <laughs> they play to win, yeah. And then they throw Kirk and Spock into the cat's paw set. Thank God, though, it's a dungeon, and it looks like a castle. Like, this whole time, I'm like, why are we even pretending we're in a fucking castle? This is not a castle. <laughs> this is 1,000% the same set as Cat's Ball. I love how the uh, <laughs> the bars are on the wall that is the camera is facing. Yes, so you can see, <laughs> so you can see through it, yeah. In Cat's Ball, they're just not there. <laughs> Yeah, well, it's smarter to just not be there and yes. just pretend that there's a wall there, but it's called um, the fourth wall, guys. I was I was watching it, and I was like, wait a minute. This looks really familiar. So I yeah, looked I up Cat's Paw sets, and I was like, okay, that's the same exact set. They changed I was looking, the colors. The color values and the lights are different. I was looking at the masonry work of the styrofoam, and I was like, this is a really shitty job somebody did. There, There's all kinds of I, maybe, grouting problems. Yes. <laughs> There's a moment somewhere before this where they're Kirk and Spock are standing in front of a staircase, mm -hmm. and it is incredibly obvious that the stairs are getting smaller as they go up and around. Like to... Force perspective. It, to force yeah. perspective, and like two Klingons walk down the stairs, and one of them almost trips oh, because man. the stairs are so small. 
I wonder how many times they actually fell. Doesn't that not work, though, if you're the same size as you are, yeah, but the steps... Yeah, it certainly that doesn't, work. doesn't. I was shocked when they actually started going up and down those steps. I was like, those are forced perspective steps. What are you doing? Yeah, you're not supposed to use those. Props is like, oh my god, that Klingon guy is walking up them again. Oh my god. Kirk and Spock are going now? God damn oh it. Oh my god, I worked like f- it took me like five minutes to make those. If if I would have known they were gonna go up and down them, I would have forced the perspective less. I would have I would have less perspectived it. <laughs> um <laughs> They're in the cell and uh I just wanna say that I absolutely love Spock's outfit. In this episode, with he the, looks, he looks good. The cape thrown over the shoulder and shit. It's a great you know, look. I would, I want that look to come back. I want to yeah. wear a fucking cloak. I'm, I think capes need to come back. Fucking hell! Finally, somebody's brave enough to say it. <laughs> capes and swords. Let's go. We see they make a specific point of it that there are two Klingon soldiers in like guarding the the like cat's paw room that our hero is the captain <laughs> yeah uh however when the doors open there is an extremely awkward like kirk and spock are like slowly rotating with the door as it opens yeah yeah like they've been like pressed against it the whole time <laughs> and uh Aylborn walks in and he's like all right guys let's go he's like what's up pussies <laughs> and kirk is like Wait a minute, you betrayed us, you bitch-ass fuck. What are you doing? Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I don't know what this dude is thinking at this moment. Like, yeah. just shut up and go. go and he's just like, leave. well, I could leave you, like, leave you here. You can come with me to safety. I offer you nothing but safety. And Kirk's like, fine, but I fucking hate you. God, Alborn, you're gonna fucking make a hate stupid slam book about you. <laughs> Aelborn, <laughs> I'm gonna give you such a nuggie. <laughs> but he's like, you have very little choice but to trust me. And Kirk's like, fuck, he's got me. Fucking Aelborn. And Kirk, like at this point, I would be like, okay, okay, like literally, tell me what's happening. I'd be yeah, like, I, 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 I really need you to tell me what the fuck is happening. Because where did the guards go? What the fuck is going on? He's just like, nothing happened. I don't understand. Like, I don't know. If this please, were Picard, please give me information. <laughs> if this were Picard, he'd be like, "All right, what is happening? Tell me." He would have done that like five scenes ago. Yeah, he never would have even been in jail. Uh, Kor's lieutenant, who might be the worst actor who's ever been in Star Trek. Oh, poor guy. Uh, comes up and he's like, uh, "Commander, they've escaped." <laughs> They left. We we had two guards posted, and they still escaped. When we opened the room, they were not in there. Speaking of yes, man, this dude's trying to play like. So this is like before Klingons were like Klingons, right? Like yes. they didn't really know. But he's trying to play like some fucking like uh like he's a toady, Nazi toady. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And Kor is like, "Are you lying to me?" And he like takes a step back and he goes, "No, sir, I'm not. No, sir." <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, and then, like, a real Klingon would be like, I would never lie. You know what I mean? Like, there would yeah. be, like, a little more. Bacor is, like, a special occupation order for, which is apparently just to kill 200 more hostages. Just, yeah. It's, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, 200 hostages are killed, and 200 will be killed at two-hour an- intervals until the Federation spies are returned. 
They're big into twos. I guess because yeah. they have two dicks, you know? Yeah, they have a base two number system. Yeah, yeah. Makes they count sense. on their dicks instead of their fingers. Yeah. <laughs> Kirk's like, look, I'm going to go to core stronghold and I'm going to kill him or be killed. And again, yeah, I'm going to suicide mission. Yeah. And again, the Organians are like, well, there's no reason to do that. And instead of being like, why? Kirk is just like, look. I hate you, I hate your planet, I hate your children, I hate your stupid fucking multicolored goats. I hate your fucking cat's paw dungeons. I hate the reuse of sets. I hate all of this, and I, I hope hate wearing... you all fucking step on a million Legos. I'm leaving. <laughs> I hate wearing mustard yellow. I'm out. <laughs> I'll wait. I wear that all the time. <laughs> Even though technically he does wear green all the time, but whatever. He does like that green shirt. Uh, it's just yellow... On our screens. <laughs> and then retroactively throughout history. Forever and ever. Amen. Um, Kirk and Spock wait until dark. Which is daytime, and actually, but yeah, it's, it's made day, to it's look day dark. for night. Day for night, which you can tell because the uh, torches on the wall of the fortress are not emitting any light at all. No, not But whatsoever. they are lit. It's actual fire. <laughs> It's uh, the most heinous day for night you can imagine. It's, it's pretty bad. Um, uh, they stun a couple of the um, Klingons, and Kirk's like, we're after the top dog, after all. Yeah, I feel bad for that guy who had to fucking, like, prat fall down those steps. Like <laughs> He fucking probably was sore after that. It looked like it hurt. And again, if I was, like, Spock, I'd be like, what's a dog? What are you talking about? <laughs> A sailor? Top top dog? Are we talking about hot dog? Did you mean to say hot dog? Top sailor? Is that what we're talking about? <laughs> the premier sailor. That's how they say it. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> um, and Kirk captures the worst actor on the show's history, Kor's lieutenant, and he's yeah. like, uh, "Where's Where's Kor's office?" And he's like, "Down there, sir." He calls him sir. Down there, sir. <laughs> Fucking little bitch. And like he's he acts exactly like everyone fake thinks that Shatner acts. Yeah. Where he just takes weird pauses for no reason. Yeah. <laughs> but um they go into Kor's office and Kor's uh and they like hold him up with their phasers, which they just they took from the council. Yeah, they demanded them from the council and the council was like, eh, we're not gonna give them to you. Just kidding, they're in that cabinet. Yeah. <laughs> Playing, and it was like, wow, you didn't like think to open up that fucking cabinet. It's also the only cabinet in the room, so in this where you should have looked first in this castle that I'm air quoting, quote unquote YMCA. (laughs) But uh, they're like, look, core. It's over. You've lost. We've got you hostage. And Kor's like, well, it's a good thing that everyone is always under surveillance in the Klingon Empire. Even someone like me would be under surveillance. Wink, surveillance. Wink. Do you get it? Surveillance. Wink, wink, wink. 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 I'm goes, double winking. God damn it. There's a surveillance thing on the wall. <laughs> and then they go, oh, I get it. And Klingon <laughs> troops jump into the room in the very TOS way. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, they all start dropping their guns and screaming. And then when they try and fight, they they scream when they touch each other. Yeah, 
and the doors fly open again, and Aelborn and other old man comes Nostradamus in. and bald guy and Jerry. <laughs> old old Jerry. Good old Jerry. And they come in and they're like, we have to put a stop to the violence. And they're like, what did you do? And like, both of them are like, what, you fucking, what, you, the weapons are so fucking hot. Yeah, it's so <laughs> hot to the touch, baby. Too hot to handle, son. Too hot for TV. Yeah, like Kirk's dick. <laughs> <laughs> but Aelborn's like, as I stand before you, I also stand on your respective home worlds. And they're like, what? What the fuck are you talking about? What does that mean? <laughs> what are you saying? Can he's, we watch? He's like, you must agree to cease hostilities or I will immobilize your entire armies. Cool. <laughs> At this point, I'd be like, oh, cool. Yeah, I'd be we like, oh, it. that's awesome, cool. But instead, yeah. Kirk's like, how dare you stop my war? Yeah, we have the right to defend ourselves. I love war. Did I mention that? And Spock's like, I also love war, Captain. Don't I just worry, want Captain. You to remember. You're right. <laughs> I want you to know that I agree with you. He's like, we have legitimate grievances and the right to handle it as we see fit. <laughs> and uh, at no point during this does he realize he's agreeing with everything Kors say. <laughs> Yeah, they become like really good friends. Yeah, at a certain like point, at a certain point, Cor looks at they look at each other like they're old pals. Yeah, and like Cor like stands behind Kirk and he's like, "Yeah, fuck you!" Like yeah. it's like, "All right, all right." Cor's like, "We can take them." Like he's already yeah. like fucking yeah. trying to work together. Yeah. Aelborn's like, in the future, your races will become fast friends and we'll work together. And Cor's like, "Nah." <laughs> yeah, little does he know, man, yeah, right? Yeah, little does he know. Uh, but he's like, you must leave our planet now. And Kirk's like, they killed 200 of your people, and you're going to leave them? And he's like, none of them have died, Captain. Captain, have you been not paying attention? I mean, I know we haven't been helping you by telling you any of this, but <laughs> they're not real, dude. Captain, you're so fucking stupid. We didn't give you any information whatsoever, but how could you not know this already? How could you not have deduced this? You're a fucking moron. He's like, we've evolved over millions of years for to live without the need for physical bodies. We are energy beings, and Kor's like, they're lying, Captain. Let's fucking punch them. Dude, think about how fucking trippy this must have been for, like, people in 1967, right? That's true. Like, now we take for granted a lot of, like, science fiction and fantasy, like, aspects of, like, pop culture. Like, like, okay, the the multiverse, right? Like, Mm -hmm. okay, sure, there's multiple, like, we, yeah, sure. But back then, just being like, this person is in a body? It's like, you get fucking sent to the McCarthy hearings for saying that (laughs) shit. <laughs> this person turns into what? What? What is energy? Energy? What are you talking about? Hippie shit? But uh, they all like do a very convincing job of looking at a bright light. Yeah, it doesn't look terrible at energy. all. <laughs> it's purple, so that's cool. And Kirk looks back and he's like, it looks like we're not going to go to war after all. And Kors, like, gets this giant grin on his face and he says, a shame, Captain. It would have been glorious. It's hard not to like Kor, right? Yeah, even like, with all the offensiveness going on. With all the offensiveness and the clear war crimes he's committing. <laughs> yes, he is a monster, but he is he- very likable. <laughs> You know, he's sometimes the, the gold ducat of his time. Sometimes I think that Core had some things right. You know, yeah, Core kept the trains running. Is all I'm saying. 
Oh, shit. Uh, back on board uh, the Enterprise. Everything's over. Everybody's gone home. The war is over. It took yep. one episode. Everybody go home. <laughs> Spock is like, you've been quiet since we got back, Captain. And Kirk's like, well, I'm embarrassed. Yeah, which is kind of cool that he says that, right? I, I got so furious with the Organians for trying to prevent a war I didn't even want. Yeah. And he's like, you know, we've... We often think of ourselves as the most powerful force in the universe, and it's uh, humbling to find out that we're not. Mm-hmm. But then Spock yes-mans him as hard as possible. He's like, well, we don't have any reason to be embarrassed. It took millions of years for them to evolve. So logical. There's, uh, gods didn't come into being overnight, uh, yeah. which How none do- of them there believe in. So Yeah, I don't uh, know like what th- what point that makes. Like, okay... <laughs> and he's like, uh, we find we did beat the odds because there's like a running gag. Oh, that was a good scene. Odds. Yeah, that and that was a I really good miss that one. But very very like Star Wars took that right. Like, yeah, he like gives him the pers- the odds, and he's like, he's like, I can't be certain. I can't be exact. Yeah, but it's like seven thousand something point five. It's like seven thousand one hundred and twenty four point seven. I think yeah. is the number. And he's like, "You can't be exact, huh?" Well, did a pretty damn good job. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, "Well, I strive to be accurate, Captain." And then later, it's seven thousand to one, and Kirk's like, "Oh, getting better, getting better." Sorry, seven thousand eight hundred twenty four point seven to you one. Got 0. I was 7, close. Though. I got the twenty four and the seven. I missed the eight. But Kirk's like, you're wrong. We didn't even have a chance at beating the odds. The Organians raided the game. Yeah, and then Spock's like, what? Hubba-hubba, what? And then we get a real nice fucking photo ending. The wrong theme. The song is better than this one. It's true. But there is that famous line that people always quote when they're talking about Kirk, where they're like, I'm a soldier, not a diplomat. I can only tell you the truth. Yeah, then they attribute it. Which you're also not a soldier, so... Yeah, he's not, yeah. And then they always think that Bones said it. Yeah. Uh, Everybody thinks Bones has every cool quote, except uh, Scotty's quotes. Everybody remembers Scotty's. Bones is on vacation this episode. He's probably in Malibu, like... Just like smoking a pack of Pall Malls or something. <laughs> there, Core makes a point in this episode, almost anyway. He moves away from it very quickly, but like he's like looking at the people and he keeps being like angry that they're smiling. The Organians. yeah, and he's yeah. like smiles, smiles, smiles. Always, it's the brave ones who die, the soldiers, while you sit here and smile behind your desks. Yeah, he's talking about like, like, like uh, corporations or governments that run wars, right? Yeah. Like they they yeah. sit behind their desks while the soldiers die. They're the ones who're fighting you. Yeah. Then he's like, "Let's kill two hundred civilians." <laughs> By the way, I fucking love genocide. <laughs> um, I just love killing innocents, dude. Korg. <laughs> I'm just gonna keep calling him Korg. 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 Alright, let's go take a break. This is devolving. We're devolving a little bit here, so let's take a quick break and we'll be right back after these messages. Gods weren't born overnight, Jeff. Happy New Year! 
Everyone talks about the weather. Wherever you look on America's modern farms, aluminum is on the job, helping the farmer do something about the weather. Aluminum for the farm is one more example of how Alcor, since 1888, has continued to pioneer new uses for this vital metal. New uses of aluminum that mean better farms and better farming. The aluminum from the nation's first and leading producer. Alcor, Aluminum Company of America. Welcome back from those messages, everyone. We've we've evolved back into our normal selves. We're not just selling, saying the word Baroner over and over again. Speak for yourself, Baroner. <laughs> Why is this episode called Errand of Mercy? Uh, it's a good question. The episode title comes from The Life and Adventures of Nicholas Nickleby by Charles Dickens. I fucking hate Charles Dickens. Really? All I hate more than Charles Dickens is John Steinbeck. Why Why do you have such virulent hatred for <laughs> these people? You know what I want to do? Read a book about the two most depressing-ass times in someone's fucking life. Great. That's Charles true. Dickens, it's cold and poor. Everyone's poor. John Steinbeck, it's hot well, and everyone's poor. It was poor. the best of times. It was the worst of times. All I hear is it was the worst of times. In the script, Klingons were described simply as oriental, hard-faced. What? (laughs) So if you ever thought the past wasn't racist for some reason, just as racist as the now. (laughs) I don't even think people would use that term now. No, probably not. Um, The... Kor was actually supposed to come back for Day of the Dove, but he was unavailable, so they created the character of Kang instead. Yeah, yeah. I like how there's a couple of them. I like Kang. He's my favorite, because he voices Mr. Freeze. Oh, uh, yeah. My wife is dead. Yeah. To never I'm again a nice feel man. a warm hand on a hot summer's day. Yes, I would kill for that. To never again feel her warm hand on my cold ice dick. On my icicle. (laughs) I'm talking about my penis, Batman. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Do you think the penguin calls his penis an icicle? I do. The penguin... I find the penguin to be the character who got the weirdest adaptation from comics to movie. Like you mean, comics, like the in the Tim comics, the penguin is just a short, fat guy. Yeah. In the movie, he's some sort of like he's freak a freak monster. <laughs> yeah, well, it's Tim Burton, right? Everybody's a freak monster. That's true. He like eats fish heads and shit. Like I the, do like him in, in the, the new comics, Batman. I do. It was shocking how fun of a character he was in that. It movie. was a, that movie. It was shocking how good that movie was. Yes, it was. I was like, "Holy shit, this is great!" It's one of my favorite reaction gifs and like videos that's used on the internet now. Is him going, "Oh come on, what are you showing me here?" Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I started watching uh, Harley Quinn on HBO. That show's great. I've heard nothing but good stuff about it's, that show. Dude, there's jokes in there where I'm like laughing out loud. I'm like, that's fucking hilarious. I have to check it out <laughs> sooner or later. I got so much shit that I need to actually watch. They go, they crash. Harley Quinn and Poison Ivy crash the Penguin's uh, nephew's bar mitzvah. <laughs> 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 it's like this whole thing. 
<laughs> the um, like the penguin in the comics and the cartoon and even in the new movie. Well, not in the new movie so much. He's just like a gangster. But yeah, like yeah. in the comics and cartoons and stuff, the Cobblepots were like a rival family to the Waynes. He's like old yeah. money. Yeah, old money. Yeah. But he's also like his whole family have been like horrible criminals the whole time. That's what Gotham does to you, man. It really fucks you up. The the debate on where Gotham and Metropolis are in the real world creates some like fucked up scenarios to me that I can't wrap my brain around. I always think of Metropolis as being like just a a city in the Midwest. Like I don't think of it as New York. It's uh it's New York up. It's like New York State or Delaware is where it is. And it's a Delaware. Nothing's in Delaware. Like they sometimes it's in <laughs> Delaware. Sometimes it's in New York State across the bay from the Jersey based Gotham City. Oh, okay, so and, Jersey City and New York City. And okay. the most fucked up thing that I cannot wrap my brain around is, canonically, there is a bridge connecting Gotham City to Metropolis. <laughs> Nobody ever uses it. It's too much crime. It's like, imagine that you're in Gotham City, where the craziest thing that ever happens is, like, a tree grows out of a building because Poison Ivy's there. That's the craziest yeah. shit that's ever happened. It's wild. And you're just sitting on the dock, you're a dock worker, you're on your fucking lunch break or whatever... And a giant mechanical skull with tentacles rises up out of the city across the bay. It starts fucking firing lasers everywhere. Well, good thing I'm in Gotham. It's like, oh shit, Brainiac's back. All right. <laughs> well, you know, Chris Christie shut that bridge down and never reopened it. So <laughs> there's a there's a reference for you. Um, what are we talking about? <laughs> that's a good question. We were talking about Star Trek. We're at the point of the show where we need to give a review for the episode, where we finally give you, on our patented Cochrane to Catfish warp scale of quality, a final score for the episode. What are you giving it, Josh? Oh, man. This one's tough. I have... I don't know. I I kind of feel like I'm going to give it, like, a 5.5. That's fair. (laughs) 5.5 is .5 above boring. Yeah. I, I liked it because I liked Core. I liked Core. Your Core is a fun villain. Even though he's very racist looking. Yes, and he's much the better one, later in Deep Space Nine. <laughs> the one guy, the one, like, uh, I don't know what he was, like a script supervisor who they, like, literally made in blackface at the one scene. I, like, I watch it and I, and I, I out loud alone in my bed went, ooh. <laughs> I went, oh, I don't know about yeah, that. Jesus. <laughs> I, I, I cringe thinking that I was ever like, oh, well, they didn't mean these characters to be like in blackface. Yeah, they, yeah. they sort of did. I mean, they, it, they, they wrote they, number nine. Like they certainly didn't not mean to, yes. right? <laughs> there is a troubled history of the Klingons. Yeah, perhaps if I, I can only imagine in some meeting they were like, I don't know, maybe some people will think that, but I don't know, you know. <laughs> well, they didn't give a shit at that point. No, right? then they didn't. For sure, they didn't. Then, like, I mean, I, I would, I don't know. Maybe it's just. Maybe it was just thought of as costuming or something. Who knows? I don't fucking know. Gene Roddenberry probably didn't think much about it. He was just like, oh, yeah, they look fine. Yeah. Time to cheat on my wife. (laughs) What, Majel? No, that's who he cheated on his wife with. Oh, it's fine then. (laughs) Well, yeah, it's Majel Barrett, I understand. It's Majel Barrett. I'd cheat on my wife, too. And she's dead. 
not my I wife this because goes. crystal listens to this but um <laughs> the uh i i understand a 5.5 though i think that's a fair score i didn't want to give it a five and six is far too high like i don't know it's like a five is sort of like i could go five you could convince me to do five i'm doing a i'm doing a six damn because of core Core? You love Core. Core is, like, the episode of Deep Space Nine with the three Dahar Master Klingons yeah. from TOS is, like, one of my all-time favorite episodes. I love the one when, uh, spo- spoilers, the last one with him. I'll just, I'll just say oh, that. Oh, yeah. That's a great one. That is a great one. There's Core is, like, the, the like, heart of those episodes as yeah. well. And, like... He's just a really fun villain, and he's very—he's th- like very threatening, even though he's a fun villain as well. Like you know, he'll follow through on his shit. I mean, he did. Well, he's try not and kill dumb. people. He's not dumb, right? Like, no. which is always good for a villain to not be an idiot. He's like, extremely clever. Yeah, and I—I've been seeing that like one uh, GIF or whatever of DS9 uh, recently with Kor and Jedzia when. He's like, Curzon, my old friend. And she says, I'm Jadzia now. And he goes, Jadzia, my, my old friend. friend. Yeah. So good. It's cool. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I'm, I think I'm going to have to give it a six. Um, there's a level of frustration in this episode that, like, if it, if it had been written differently, which you can say about anything. Yeah. Um, this type of episode could really teach a genuinely good moral without also being incredibly frustrating. Because, I mean, these type of experiences are what keeps Utopia on the tracks. Keeps us on our toes, understanding that any sort of tilt in a different, in a direction that we shouldn't be tilting can completely throw off the balance of what we're trying to achieve here. I think the better version of this episode is uh, Undiscovered Country, right? Yeah, oh, like, absolutely. That's the better version of this episode. It's it's very interesting to me that every time there's an episode with a Klingon in TOS, they almost always end up on the same side or working together for a moment. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, destined that the Klingons and the Federation would become allies. Yeah, and, like, um... You know, and like some of the expanded universe stuff too. Like, it's basically the Klingons just throwing temper tantrums because they're like, "I'm gonna take my ball and go home." Fuck you! And it's never a good reason, right? They're just no. pissed off that they're friends with the Federation. Like, fuck you, Federation! Yeah, we hate you. Let's go play. Yeah, the, the the Klingons are like the kid who grew up in like the shitty house, right? And yes. the Federation's like the rich kids, and they're like, "I don't want to be your friend, rich kid." The <laughs> The uh, episode Day of the Dove comes to mind, where, like, uh, Kang, um, like, they board the uh, Enterprise and try and take it over, but there's, like, a presence that's feeding off of the hatred that both sides have for each other, and they have to put aside that hatred and laugh together and become comrades to get rid of the presence and starve it to death. That's cool. I like that. Uh, that's a much better episode. <laughs> yeah, poor Core. It would have been better if it was Core, though, right? I don't know. I like Kang a lot as well. He's got that voice. He's nowhere yeah. near as fun as Core is because he's a much more serious type of character. But who's the other one? Who's the uh, third one? 
Koroth. What is is he from uh, the the station? Uh, he's yeah, the Tribble, the he's Tribble from guy. the Tribble episodes. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, Kang Kor. Um, Koloth. Koloth. Yeah. What's the name of that fucking station? Uh, K seven. K seven. I've been there a million times in the game. There's always a party there on like Friday night. <laughs> <laughs> dude, fucking people in Star Trek Online knew how to party, dude. Partying hardy, baby. I hope that guy who did the fake Ferengi radio show is still doing it. Because he was hilarious. I don't even, I've never even heard that guy, and he's my hero. Like, dude, he was so funny. Like, his like literal wife would walk in while he's doing the show, and he would, like, slap her on the ass and be like, Yeah, come here, honey. And she would, like... Beat the fuck out of him, like on the on. She would just like start hitting him, right? And he'd be Jesus. like, "Oh my god, oh my god!" <laughs> <laughs> Jesus Christ! And then he'd always make so he'd be like, "Oh, you know, they, that, that's just that, I'm I'm in charge here." <laughs> uh, this episode marks fun fact: the last time McCoy is not in an episode of TOS. Oh. Hope you enjoyed your day off there. What's your name? DeForest <laughs> Kelly. DeForest Kelly. I knew that. Um, it wasn't until season two that he encountered Klingons. He doesn't even know about them. Yeah, he's like, what the fuck is this? What's this racist shit? <laughs> what is this racist-ass black face? <laughs> Holy shit, I didn't know we were in the 1920s. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a big fan of this fun fact that's on uh, Memory Alpha. The unknown actor usually portraying Bobby appears as one of the Klingon guards. And I click on Bobby, and it's just a red shirt man. Who the fuck is Bobby? And is that the guy I was talking about in the background in blackface? Uh, could be. I don't send know. me Bobby. Send me a link to Bobby. I'll send you a link to Bobby. This is real time happening right in front of you, I, audience. I really want to see Bobby again. <laughs> This is Bobby. And if you click on the actor's name, unknown actor. <laughs> Who the fuck is this? This is Bobby. <laughs> this guy looks like shit. Yeah, he looks like he's had a fucking terrible day, man. <laughs> Who does he look like? His name is unknown actor, if you want to look him up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work for his SEO, man. You no. got to change your name yeah, to like... Man, wouldn't it be hilarious if somebody changed their name to uh, first name unknown, unknown last name actor? <laughs> That's like some fucking meta world piece shit. Like, you know, what's his name? The basketball player? Fuck, I forget his original name. I don't know, actually. Did, He's changed his name. Here's like a genuine John Larroquette fun fact of the week. The Baldrick, the like sash that Core wore, was yeah. reused for Worf during TNG's first season. Yeah, he it looks the same. I thought that too, I like, but I didn't. I, like I didn't think it was the same one. Silver Baldrick way better, but uh, the gold one is cool. But the silver is the better one. That that Baldrick is old as fuck. Then if he was wearing it in the first season, uh, of twenty TNG. twenty years old. Yeah, I mean in continuity. Oh fuck! He's dude, wearing yeah. like his great great grandpa's Baldrick. <laughs> <laughs> I wore my great great grandpa's Baldrick to prom. <laughs> you know, I bet Worf did. <laughs> and he wasn't allowed to go because he killed that soccer kid. That's true. Well, 
I think about the fact that Alexander grew up as fast as he did. Was Worf also, like, a 20-year-old man playing soccer with 10-year-olds? I mean, that would, yeah, it would be like the, you know, like, you'd always play against, like, a team in baseball or football, and there's always, like, that one kid that was, like, oh, freakishly yeah. huge, I, I right? played Little League, and we played a team from Smithers. It was the Smithers something. And the Smithers Smithereens. Uh, I think they were like the Smithers Tigers or something. Lame. Mine was better. We were Houston. I lived in a place called Hughes Creek that was across the road from Houston. H-O-U-S-T-O-N. Huston, yeah. And so we were the Houston Astros. Yeah, like the, like the team. <laughs> and uh, we played a team from across, uh, from like a um, couple towns over and there was a dude on the team who just looked like an adult man. He could have been. And I, and of course they won. We were tiny. We were like little tiny children. We were in like What's the junior league. It's like nobody ever wanted to be like, hey, this kid's fucking enormous. Yeah. Like, what's going on here? This kid is taller than the coach. Like, he should <laughs> not be playing us. We are like eight. Like, yeah, I can't throw the ball fast enough through his massive strike zone. Like, I'm seven years old. I cannot beat this man. <laughs> I cannot beat this man, Father. Please. <laughs> Let me go play checkers. Um, Man, I haven't played checkers in so long. King me. King me. Fuck me. I'm not me. very good at it. Okay. Uh, you know what I really, really miss doing? Uh, ending the show. <laughs> no, not fuck you. Bowling. <laughs> oh, I was in a league and I'm like so over it. Oh, really? I haven't like I've only been bowling probably like a dozen times in my life, and I was like really pretty good. I had a, a 204 average, and then I got worse and worse and worse. Uh, it's because you stopped practicing. That's because I didn't give a shit anymore. I was like, I don't care. Bowling is just fun to me. Like, I don't it care whether fun. I'm doing good or bad. Like, I'm I'm eating nachos and I'm bowling. Yeah. I'm wearing somebody else's shoes. It's a great time. Yeah, you're wearing those slippery ass shoes. <laughs> I'm picking up the the prettiest bowling ball there. I don't the care. seven pounder. <laughs> I'm throwing the seven pounder like a baseball because it weighs nothing. That's what we used to do. We used to do shit with those between our legs and shit. We would like yeah. hot dog it up. <laughs> I want to go bowling, but I don't want to catch COVID or monkeypox or polio. Yeah, polio. That one. That one. I don't want that one. Yeah. Can we get the vaccine again? Yeah, like polio's coming back. Thanks, anti-vaxxers. You fucking brain dead morons. <laughs> You know, ending the show sounds pretty good. Um, <laughs> I'd like to thank Vitizen for the use of his track Outer Space Race for our theme song. Uh, Vitizen uh, just recently, I don't know if he's going to be doing this by the time this comes out or not, but he just recently had his car stolen. Oh, yeah, I saw that. And uh, if, if we were talking about him doing like a special release of a bunch of his songs to like make money to replace yeah. his car. But um, if he's not doing that, go to iTunes and like buy every song you see of his. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I mean, like his music is fucking spectacular. Yeah. And the, like him losing his car could not have happened to a less deserving person. He is so such a good guy. Yeah. 
Yeah, that sucks, man. Uh, I just want it to be known that I did not steal his car. It was not me who did me it. Me think the lady protesteth too much. Uh, I did get a new car, though. Huh. <laughs> hmm. No way. If I got a new car, nuclear war would break out. Pavlov Flinch is on the case. <laughs> no! <laughs> I hate Pavlov Flinch. Uh, if you want to know who the fuck that is, head over and listen to Bros Before Pros Episode 2, where you're introduced to the greatest detective who ever lived. He is an asshole. <laughs> <laughs> he is a giant piece of shit. <laughs> but he's my baby. Um, he probably stole Vinizen's car. He wouldn't steal a car. He would break into someone's house and watch pornography in it, but he wouldn't steal a car. Oh, he would just, like, fucking, like... He's already what got they his call mom's that? car. So, but that's true. He does borrow his mom's car. <laughs> he lives in his mom's basement. So, I don't know if that's in the story or not, but he does. Um, it's canon. He he tells people he lives with his infirm mom to take care of her, but she like works three jobs. So, yeah, she's uh, a hardworking lady. The um, so you can find Bros Before Pros anywhere on the internet where you can find podcasts. It's B4, like the letter B and the number four. Everyone who's been complaining they can't find it so far has been spelling it wrong. Think with your letters and your numbers, Think guys. letters and numbers, fourth dimensionally. <laughs> yeah, this, this podcast exists in four dimensions. It's true. Time, which we're wasting. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at mclasspodcast. You can shoot us an email for our other program at mclassemail at gmail.com. And you can find links to everything to deal with the show, including a list of every single episode we've covered on the show, including links to them, at mclasspodcast.com. Woo! You can go to iTunes and rate and review the show. That would help us out. And say whatever you want. And Spotify. Yeah, go to Spotify and do it. I don't even know. You can t- you can tell us whatever the hell you want cuz legally we cannot tell you which way you have to you can talk about us. There were no swords in this episode, so please do not leave a bad review. <laughs> I own one sword. Oh shit. Shit. Oh great. I fucked it up. Well, we better go before we get a fucking negative number on our reviews. We have... An, uh, wait, uh, did I already read Smill Biff's review? I think I did. I don't remember. Because it's... I don't know. Smill Biff gave us five stars. A couple of hilarious dorks talk about Star Trek. Oh, that's nice. Thank you, Smell. Thank you to Smill Biff. Uh, if you want your review right on the air, then... Uh, actually, we need three reviews, and then all of you need to stop giving us reviews. <laughs> because we are at 66 ratings right now. Oh, fuck. We have to get 69 reviews. Oh, my God. And then, of course, we need... 420. 420 reviews. Yes. And then after that, 6,900... Wait, 69,420. We need... No, first we need 6,969. 69. Yeah, you're right. You're right. My bad. <laughs> And then we need uh, 42,069. <laughs> so get to reviewing, everybody. Hope you got your fingers ready. Uh, thank you to everyone for tuning in. Thank you especially to our patrons over at M-Class Podcast uh, Patreon. Mm-hmm. Patreon.com slash M-Class Podcast is what I meant. 
I heard it. You, whatever you need to hear to give us money is my point. <laughs> you get access Look, to behind the scenes posts, extra podcasts, and a Discord full of your fellow Trek boys. Consider becoming a patron today. I'll say anything for money within reason. <laughs> Within reason. Come on, you toe suckers. Get your head out of the gutter. Jesus, you peers. You key lovers. <laughs> Thank you to everybody for tuning in. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode of M Class Podcast. Bye bye. I'm mentally ill. Trick, 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 trick with your boy.